Hello everyone and welcome. It is a beautiful day to be here with you on Amazing Space. I'm Alicia Mitchell and whether you are a longtime friend or you are new, I am so glad you chose to join me today. Amazing Space podcast is where kindness, creativity, and friendly conversation are just the beginning. I hope to invite times of personal reflection, and I hope you will join me as we open our hearts to the rhythm of what brings peace. Through love, laughter, and spiritual inspiration, I'm looking forward to sharing this space with you. So grab your favorite drink, coffee or tea, get comfortable, and let's talk. As we close in on another year, it seems time has just flown by this year. A little over two weeks away from Christmas and soon after we will celebrate a brand new year. So we have been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, 22 through 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Today, we are going to take a rather interesting journey as we discuss joy. I thought how fitting at this time of the year when we, we see those three letters quite often during this Christmas season, joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength is probably a scripture you're familiar with. We find that in Nehemiah 8.10, but did you ever read that scripture in its entirety? So what is the joy of the Lord? In Nehemiah 8.10, he says, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, the joy of the Lord is found on the road to restoration. God convicts us of our sin, and often our first reaction is guilt and shame. But we have to understand that those feelings are not from God. Ezra, the scribe at the time, gathered all the people and he read from God's book and explained what Nehemiah 8.8 says. They read from the book, from the law of God, clearly, and they gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. So what happened was once the people understood, once they really understood, they wept. God's word was opening their eyes to the way they had failed him. But Nehemiah was quick to remind them of who 
the Lord is. And in our own lives, we make mistakes. We mess up. We make mistakes. We mess up. But the key here is the response to sin and even to God's forgiveness. And so today I ask you in those times, in those moments, and when we say sin, maybe I should add weight as well. This week, I have felt so much in my spirit, even for other people, there has been just a spirit of weariness where we are busy and we are occupied and we're trying to get all the things done and our heart and our mind is just heavy. We have to remember that we cannot hold the guilt and the shame when God has forgiven those things in our lives, whatever it may be. So Nehemiah reminds them that they can delight in the joy of the Lord because he is a forgiving God. He's gracious and he is compassionate. So the root word for joy in Nehemiah 8.10, it means rejoice or make glad. And in the same verse, strength is a Hebrew word meaning a place or means of safety, protection, refuge. And so the joy of the Lord is a constant gladness and a cause to rejoice. It stems from an inner strengthening from our relationship with our Lord and Savior. When Jesus died for us, he restored us to a peace that cannot be undone. Our joy rests on God's joy. In John 17, 13, it says, But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I want to just take a pause for a moment. I did a reading and it was something I had never really thought about before. It talked about the figures of speech and I'm not giving an ELA lesson, but I do, I love things like this and it actually used a hyperbole. And it started to talk about, you know, God being the author of language and the ability to communicate with words is one thing that sets man apart from all other creatures. So figures of speech, they add emphasis and they add feeling to what we say and write. But no one has ever use language as precisely as God does in the Bible. When we recognize the seemingly figures of speech that he employs, we are able to really enjoy 
the richness of the Word of God. I had also read where it compares it to poetry, and we know we've heard the books of the Bible that are of kind of the the poetic scene, but it just really resonated with me even more so. I love to read. I love the Bible, but how beautiful it is to think in ways of depth. We can enjoy the Word of God, and we can learn so much from it. So what is this saying? What is this language? As Nehemiah is talking to the children of Israel who have quite blatantly disobeyed, they have gone astray, and here he tells them, go eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We don't just do things for the Lord. We have to live our lives in Him, with Him, and by His strength. He is our strength. So, Nehemiah was illustrating an inward faith that we now know as a relationship with Christ versus an outward expression in reverence to God. He knew that the true expression of worship came from a deeper motivation than an outward appearance. How many of us know or we've seen those people that just don't look happy? And I think so much to myself, if someone knows that I live for God and that I love the Lord, I want them to see it. I want them to know it and I want them to feel it. So in the same way, God forgives us on the same deep and intimate level. You can see it. You can feel it. And it doesn't just end at our heartfelt sacrifice and repentance. I know it sounds a little crazy. But he ushers a true change and a heart shifted to the seat of joy. Joy from his strength. That joy can erase and eradicate the guilt and the shame. You see, Nehemiah was not just concerned with rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. I know, again, crazy. But it was not just about that. He was passionate about restoring the hearts of the people because, you see, they had constantly come up against challenge and trial and it was always something that seemed to get in their way and he was trying to make a statement we have got to have restoration in our hearts 
And just as we scroll through our modern day social media with the knowledge there is more to a life than what we can see. Nehemiah knew that true joy and restoration could only come from the inner strength provided by the Lord. So, I wanted to share with you just for a moment these passages of Scripture, actually from another leader, Paul, to the Colossians he spoke to them, and I'm going to read it in a couple different versions just for emphasis. But I'm going to start in First Colossians 1, and I'm going to start with verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that ye may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us Meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. I'm going to also read the NIV version. It says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. And so today, what is it that you hear in this language? As God has written, breathed these words for you and for for myself, what is it that it speaks to you? I love that it talks about bearing fruit and doing every good work, growing in knowledge, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, that you would have endurance and patience. So today... My last question, what is the relevance as we talk about Nehemiah and and even the verse of scripture here towards the end, I couldn't help but think these men of God, they were leaders. 
they were not just gifted with ability, but they were available. In fact, church historians consider Nehemiah among the greatest leaders in the Bible. And I would like to ask, what what was the precursor of this? Who was his dad? Who was his grandfather? Well, they were no one significant in the leadership spectrum of the Bible. Nehemiah was a nobody. He was just in Nehemiah 1.1. It says the son of Hakaliah. There's no special description. There's no pedigree that describes him in the lineage. But later, Nehemiah's name changes. And he becomes Nehemiah the governor, son of Hakaliah. But make no mistake about it. When God called him, he was just an ordinary guy. Another Jewish boy born during the period known as the exile. So, Nehemiah, he didn't have dreams like Joseph. He didn't encounter a burning bush like Moses. There were no promises like Abraham. No real anointing of future greatness like David. No elevation to royalty like Esther. He was just ordinary. Nehemiah didn't have a supernatural mandate like we see in the New Testament. There's no angelic visitation. And why am I saying all this? Because I'm telling you, Nehemiah was just like you and me. He wrestled on a daily basis with what it meant to live out the call of God on his life. He worked tirelessly through his call with fervent prayer and with risky faith, just like you and I do. And this, for me, gives great hope. Because if God will use an ordinary Nehemiah, He will use you, my friend. Today, I simply ask, Is God the joy in your life? Is He truly the strength of your day, of your moments, in the busy and in the still? Is He your joy? I hope that you are having a wonderful Christmas season thus far. And I hope that you're able to just rest in the moments of still. Sometimes we just need to be still. I can't wait to see you again. But until then, love without reason laugh without regret, and pray without ceasing. 
Hello, my friends, and welcome back. So it has been a week of wonder. I wonder how. I wonder why. I wonder where. And for the love of all things saying, I wonder what I was thinking. So as my week has not exactly gone as I had hoped, planning, preparing to go home for the holidays, there have been some slight interruptions. Yesterday, as I tried to come to my center, so to speak, me and God, I started asking him just what is it I can learn from this? How can I grow? And it was this morning I was working with a client and I will be honest with you, my mind was kind of blown as I was helping and talking through some things that she was going through. It was like breathing. I started sharing a little bit of how my week had gone. And it was in that moment that I realized this is why. This is why sometimes life doesn't go as planned. This is why sometimes we do things in our own lacking of brain power or whatever the cause may be that you would lose a wallet. And it's really just the trickle effect of worry and that can lead to panic. And you start spiraling in this circle of chaos that really you can't do anything about. And so let me just share with you what I shared. I just happened to misplace my wallet. Can't find it. And in your kindness, you're probably asking, did you look here? Did you look there? I did. I promise I did. I've looked everywhere in places that it really wouldn't be. I have to get on an airplane tomorrow and I would be lying if I said that I didn't semi-panic thinking, what if I can't get on that plane? What if I can't spend Christmas with my family? What if, what if, what if? And that's what we do. That's what we do. And as I was sharing this what if story this morning and in a sense helping her, I was helping myself. God was using that as a reminder that we can worry about things until they drive us mad. But at the end of the day, when I get to that airport and I get in that line and I begin 
to meet the person that's going to take me to the side and do that amazing extra screening. It's really all in the hands of God, right? If for some reason they don't let me on that plane, I could have spent days, hours, sleepless nights worrying and really what did I accomplish in that moment if they didn't let me on this plane? What am I really going to do? I really have to come up with another plan because ultimately these series of events in our lives a lot of times are just our own humanity. I lost my wallet, not TSA, not the airport, and not God. I know this may be different, but it's important to understand that whatever you are going through, whether it is big or it is small, your worries are not going to change it at all. So that was for free and I will be so excited to share next week uh, what happened. We've been talking about the fruit of the spirit and we are on the last one. The last one that I chose to be the last one. I mentioned to you early on that we weren't going in order and I did that for a reason. We talked about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, through 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. And I'm going to be honest with you. I recently shared a small story about the fruit. You can recall I did an episode on fruit baskets for Christmas and I actually shared a little different kind of story recently. And it was simply about love and how love is in a sense the basket that we carry these fruit in because we cannot have peace if we do not love and we cannot have true long suffering in life's circumstances if we do not love gentleness and goodness meekness and temperance are all only really sweet if we love and love is probably one of the toughest, I would say. But we're not talking about those today. That was just a brief commercial. 
We're talking about faith. I'm not going to put a time on today, so maybe I should have said this first. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride. Hopefully, I'll be hearing that tomorrow. We're going to talk about faith. This has been the theme. Even in areas that I didn't plan, like the airport. It may seem silly to you, but I am telling you with everything inside of me, I am having to hold faith high that I am going to get on that plane tomorrow. So I want to take you just kind of on a small little journey to the Bible. And might I just insert here, if we do not know his word, it's really hard to be consumed by these fruit. So if we are talking about faith, it is so very important that we are reading about faith. We have to be intentional in soaking in the Word of God so it can remind us constantly that He is for you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not a mistake. You do have a purpose. And He will be our strength in our times of weakness. He will provide comfort in times of the storm. My friend, He is everything that we need. And so when we talk about faith, we talk about mountain-moving, life-changing faith. But as I've already mentioned, it's not always a mountain. I want to tell you today that not everyone will walk this road with you. When we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, and yes, I am specifically talking about faith today, but I want you to understand this is a very rocky road. It's going to require a little more of you. Not everyone is going to climb the mountain of a consecrated lifestyle because it requires sacrifice. It requires you and I in those pictures of a different painting. It requires us holding on to whatever it is that we see, whatever it is that we dream. Because not everyone else is going to see the same picture. Caleb is a very interesting character, I will say. He was a person, but 
in the Bible, I believe Caleb would be one that would know what it was like. I believe Caleb would understand very much what we're talking about today. You see, Moses sent 12 men out. They were leaders of the tribes, and he sent them out to spy the land. But when they went, they saw very different pictures. You see, Caleb saw something different than the other men. So the 12 went out and they saw this beautiful land flowing with milk and honey. It was amazing. It was everything that you could think of as beauty. It was full of fruit and everything and anything that they would need was in this land of promise. This was the land that God promised his people. But there was a very different report, in fact, when they came back. So out of those 12, 10 of them came back with a not so great report. Those men saw great walls. They reported of these walls being strong. And the people were strong. The majority of this group saw the giants. They saw what would be the obstacle. They saw what would seem impossible. The number of people and the more they talked about all of these obstacles, the more they begin to fear. And this news spread like wildfire. And before you knew it, everyone they spoke to saw defeat. You see, it matters what you speak. It matters who you hang around and it matters who you allow to influence your life. I would like to say again, it matters what you speak. The negativity began to ran, run rampant until the entire generation lost out on the promised land. You see, a lot of times we don't realize the impact that our words have on people. It's so much more than just me sharing an opinion and talking about what I feel. We have got to be so careful when we speak. What are we speaking? Because your words in the heat of the moment and maybe in your own lack of faith, can damage generations. 
But you see, Caleb was of another spirit the Bible talks about. He was favored. God favored him and his generation because what he saw was different. But what he saw wasn't just a physical picture. Caleb had something different in his heart. And we can bypass the importance of the heart. I tell you today, the fruit of the Spirit starts with a change of heart. I can't say that enough. Caleb saw something different because his heart was different. He saw a victory. He saw a testimony and a promise from God that he never fails. And I wonder in our situations, in our places of our own lives, what is it that you see? What is it that you hold in your hand? Caleb had a meek spirit, but he had a strong voice that stood for what was right and that spoke words of encouragement, words of promise. He said, let's go up at once. And I love that. He didn't want to waste any time. He saw what was before him. He saw the obstacle, the adversary, whatever you would like to pin as that particular day when they saw the giants and they saw the walls. He saw what everyone else saw in the physical. But in the spiritual, it spoke a different story. He said, let's go up at once, for we are well able to overcome the land. Those were his words. You see, you're going to face things in life that don't make sense to others. You're going to have to make decisions that other people aren't going to understand. You're going to have to make sacrifices that all of your friends may not agree with because it's not their consecrated life, it's yours. And you might have to come up against the 10 that say, no, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? Why would you go there? Why would you leave everything that is familiar and that is comfortable to go to a place, a land that is unknown, a land that you might have to fight some battles. You might have to come up against some mental turmoil. Why would you do that? Not everyone is going to see what you see. 
you may not have the crowds of people around you that want to do right or stand for faith. But if you will, if you will continue on with your meek spirit, but your strong voice, if you will be a voice, you will also be an anointed vessel of God. And you will have influence among generations. Today, this faith that I speak of transcends to the great and to the small. Whether you are in a transition in your life and it's a struggle and you don't know how you're going to get to it or you're going to get through it. Maybe you have felt like your dreams are shattered. Maybe it's a family member that seems like they will never get there. And you're asking all the questions, why and how? It takes great faith to trust in God. But you see, my friend, that is exactly what Caleb had. I believe with everything in me that day, Caleb's heart was pure because he had a trust like none other in his God. And so if it's trial, or maybe it is just weariness in body and in mind. Today I speak life into your situation. I speak life because I know a God that will never fail. And if you can trust in him, he will sustain you. He will carry you and he will bring you through with a testimony. He will be your voice in a multitude of situations that you can look back and say, that was only God. I'm so thankful for this space. I feel just to remind you how much I appreciate you and, and this relationship that we have to come together and grow. I wish you the very best of Christmas season and holiday. And I pray today and each and every day love without reason, laugh without regret, and always pray without ceasing.